Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. My podcast guest today is Stephen Pope. Stephen sold a tech company that he grew to $2.6 million a year. And when he looked back and he knew he could have done it faster. So he got real clear on the simple actions that generated revenue. And he learned everything he could about marketing, video, and social. And so now he helps entrepreneurs grow fast by avoiding all the trial and error. And it's interesting because he's dyslexic. So he gets most of his information from videos and other people. In today's podcast, Stephen will talk about the struggles with content creation, how to create content, how to repurpose and distribute, how to make things easier with systems and processes, and how to develop a system that takes only two to three hours a week. So you'll definitely want to check this one out. Let's dive right in. Okay, Stephen Pope, I'm so happy and excited to have you on my podcast today. So thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you having me on. I'm really excited to, to dig in. Yeah, we've never spoken before, so this is going to be all new to me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. That's all good. Um, I'd seen you and heard you on some other podcasts, and that's why I wanted to bring you on because I know that you're just this wealth of information about content. And I wanted to start with just when you talk about you know creating content, everyone talks about you need to create all this content for. I mean, <laughs> it seems like this never-ending battle for producing content. So what it, are it, the struggles? It, 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 it does seem a little, yeah, it's, it, and, and I also, when you say that, I also wonder, like, where does this all, where is it going from here? Like, we're just going to keep going higher and higher and higher, more output, more output, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's a great point. I mean, what, what happens? It just is going to collapse in on itself. Like, <laughs> like I think, days. I think at some point things will change at some point, you know, down the future when like social media doesn't necessarily control all the distribution of all this content. Uh, but that, that's probably still a ways out. You know, when we, when we think about the struggle, I mean, there's, there's a few different things, but I think what I have been finding is a, a lot through my sales calls, like you're a copywriter, so you know, like kind of pinpointing like the biggest pain points and struggles. Like the main thing, and I kind of stumbled onto this is really just like having a process, some sort of process that allows you to create, repurpose and distribute without losing your mind. And right. being consistent at it. Um, of course, there's other things that people run into as well. Just like if if you're starting a podcast or getting on video, you're going to have these different these different little fears about putting yourself out there. Some, or I mean, I guess some people don't. But the common thread to me has been the process. Like, do you have a process that allows you to to work through this without getting too overwhelmed with everything? Just burning out. Well, and that's the thing. What I have found is I've heard all different types of processes that people have. And I think Gary V or people who you know know him as you know, don't know him as Gary uh, Vaynerchuk is known for producing 
ridiculous amounts of content on all these different platforms, oh, but he has a team, a, a big team from what I assume of people. Right, that's yeah. all they do. Right. So how can a person like me, you know, it's just me. I have someone, I have a podcast editor and I have some people, but it it's really just me. So how does a individual create content and distribute it in a, in a you know, the most efficient way? Yeah. So one of the things, and so I, I have a technology background. So one of the things that I did is I started to develop a system to really hold it all together. Really, I just started using like a, a off the shelf, no code tools. If anybody knows what that means, it's just like, you know, if, you, if you've heard of Zapier or Airtable or Google Drive, these are three tools that I've combined together to really facilitate the workflow. So like when I'm done with a podcast or if I'm done with this guesting on a podcast, I can just take that audio file and drop it into a Google Drive. And then that gets pulled into my system. And so now things are getting indexed and categorized and we're keeping track of the content. So you have easy access to the folders and you you know what status it's in and you just kind of know the general workflow that things are going through. And then there's there's like some bells and whistles that I've experimented with in that in that as well. Some of that stuff was, I made it more complicated and then learned from my own lessons. And then it's also just like, also just being thoughtful, like setting out a little bit of time each week to think about what you're going to create. And then also really documenting all the different things you're going to do, right? So if you have a podcast, you know, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to, you know, after you're done with it, what are the different workflows that you're going to come out? Are you going to create clips? Are you going to create a text post, a blog? Are you going to create uh, slide decks? It's just kind of like getting really granular mm -hmm. with all the things that you want to do with it. After you do that, going back and just prioritizing and saying, okay, well, this is what I could do, but what am I actually going to do? Right. Get, get that into practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Get that into practice. Get, get, that, get that going. Get it real smooth. Make sure it's working. And then, you know, then you can add more. I, I, I think it's just, and, and you know, what, what's also interesting too is that some people can deal with more chaos than others. Mm -hmm. Some people can, can deal with more DMs than others, right? So it's also kind of being self-aware. Like I do know some people that are, can manage multiple social media channels without losing their mind. Like they're just bumping around and just having fun and doing it. And other people, it's just like, whoa, I'm so overwhelmed right. trying to manage that. So I think it's a mixture of awareness of yourself and what you're capable of, mm -hmm. having the workflows designed, and then having some technology that also helps you pull, to, pull it all together. Well, how Maybe you can give a couple of examples of how a person might start to organize. Like say, for example, with my podcast, the, the only thing I have really is I have an Excel spreadsheet. I put, you know, guest names on it, topics so that I don't repeat the same topics. What else can I do, you know, to, and I put it out, I'm supposed to be putting that on YouTube. I'm really lagging behind with that. It's just, that's another thing to do. And I, you know, right. I do it all myself, but it, what would you do in a case like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're ahead of a lot of people. Like you're at least keeping track of, you've got Excel spreadsheet. And so when I talked about Airtable, that really is kind of a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, if you've ever seen it, people, you can check it out if, you, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, but it's really just a spreadsheet, but it has, it also has the ability to kind of do integrations and whatnot and like do some automations. So for you, I would really just, as simple as this would sound is I would really just ask you, I would say, so, and you kind of identified it is that you're kind of, you, you haven't figured out, like you, you haven't been pushing it to YouTube. So I would just kind of dig into the actual problems you're having. As much as I could say, go do this and all these other things and all these fancy things, it's all individual. And so I would just say, okay, well, what is going on? Like, why are you just running out of time with the YouTube upload? It's just when I think about YouTube for myself, it's like, okay, now I need to do a thumbnail. And so I right. have to go onto Canva and then I go down that rabbit hole because I, 
I'm one of these people. I cannot just get on with it. It's really hard for me to just focus. So it's my own fault. I mean, I acknowledge yeah. But I do, I did create a template for, I created a template for the podcast that I post on LinkedIn. So that makes it easy. So maybe just doing something like that for YouTube. But I know that YouTube thumbnails are really important. Like that's, I've read over and over that that's something that you really need to catch people. It's people's eyes, you know, their attention. So that stops me. You know, yeah. it's a dumb thing. It's not the podcast itself. It's just that. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of like details. So like if you're caught up on like what the thumbnails should be, then you have to set a little bit of time aside to say, okay, how am I going to create these thumbnails? The, the thumbnails are important, but the, the other thing to think about too is like, so you have the podcast and you have a YouTube channel. Each of those channels is going to be growing differently. Mm-hmm. So like YouTube's mostly going to grow if you're sending people to it. Like you're saying, hey, you do an, a, one of your podcasts and you say, hey, go check out my YouTube channel. There's the full video there, but you might be sending them to your podcast instead. Yeah. And so if you're doing that, you kind of have to make these choices of like, like what's the most important thing? So like growing a YouTube channel is pretty tough unless you're specifically trying to grow it. Like you're doing, cause it's like an intent-based platform. So where you're really going to grow is when people can discover you there. And so you're, you're, you're right. You're gonna have to do the thumbnails and probably do some SEO and research other channels. And so that might just, that might actually relieve you in a way and say, well, that's just more work than I can get to. Mm-hmm. I'd rather grow my podcast. Right. I'd rather get that going. And so maybe you've just, maybe you just allow yourself to not do it. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love to do all these things, like, cause I'm, I'm an engineer. So I have, f- I actually have fun doing this and making it streamlined. And there are clients of mine who are wanting to do all those different things. It still comes down to like, what's really going to help you the most. Mm-hmm. And what do you have time for and where you like, can you not get distracted? So in your case, I might just say, unless you, unless you really want to grow a YouTube channel and potentially cannibalize your, your podcast, um, depending on like how you're promoting all these things, maybe, maybe just don't worry about it and just let it go. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing because I am promoting my podcast a lot and I can see in the analytics that it's working. You know, I post yeah. all the time on LinkedIn about it. Um, and then there's also the pressure of TikTok now. And I know that you're big on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and every day on LinkedIn, there's somebody saying, if you're not on TikTok, you know, you're really missing the boat. And it's like, I don't even have time to do the other things. I mean, so what do you say to to someone like that? Like, I know you've been very successful on TikTok. Did you have to switch everything over to that to really focus on that? Or did you just add it to what you were doing? I kind of just added it, but mm-hmm. it does, it does take your focus. So like when I get busy, it does, sometimes it is hard to like put it all, you know, do it all at the same time, but I've learned how to do some things. And I have some people that help me make clips for like when I'm on a podcast and stuff, I can, I, I do have a system now for having consistent video that I can push out there. But then TikTok is also a platform where when you just like record into the, into the camera, you know, and you give a specific message and it's tailored for TikTok, sometimes those those kind of videos do better. So I guess it always it always just comes down to is like, are you are you hitting your business goals? Is LinkedIn and your podcast are those two things satisfying what you need? And if not, like what do you think's going on with those two channels that that you're not maximizing yet? And but and if they're rocking and everything's going good and you still have not, and you feel like you could you you have the mental space to expand, then you know, maybe that would be a good thing. The, the thing for me is like LinkedIn has never been, they don't push video quite as much mm-hmm. as they do with text. And so I liked getting on video. I liked that format. And so TikTok was just very natural for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually dyslexic as well. 
And so, right. I mean, I, I have gotten a lot better at writing thanks to LinkedIn, but um, it's just very easy for me. It wasn't in the beginning, but it's very easy for me to record videos. And so that was an attractive thing for me personally. Yeah. You had posted about that actually yesterday yeah. or today. And I'm the one who said I, that they've been pushing out my videos. Yeah. Right. Noticed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was getting maybe, you know, maybe a hundred views and now I'm getting a, a thousand, 2000 views on some of the popular wow. videos. Well, that's great. Is a lot. Yeah. I would yeah. really look at what those, cause I, I have noticed that too. Like I'll get like 200, 300, 400, 500. And then every once in a while I'll do a video that'll have a thousand or 2000. And if I look at it, I can kind of tell like it's, it might be a TikTok where I'm doing something kind of a little bit out of the ordinary, but you know, you probably want to like, look at those videos that are doing well and kind of ask yourself, okay, what is it about these that's doing well as opposed to these other ones? Cause I, there's plenty of people that do well with video. Like if, you know, lots of people, like, I see vi videos going viral. Yeah. So there's something to it. It's just that I think that they don't push it out unless some, unless a, a good portion of people are watching it all the way through. Yeah. That must be it. Cause I, I know, cause I have looked at that and there's been a couple of my videos. They're always my podcast guests. So it's, I mm. do a snippet. I'll take like a minute, you know, 60 second. I, I try to get like three snippets of each interview. So a specific point that was made, um, cause I know that people don't sit there and watch like a 10 minute video on LinkedIn. They just don't. And so it seems to be the topic and also the guests themselves, if the guest has a big following. And I had heard mm. the opposite, that it doesn't seem to matter, but I think it does. If you have someone who has a big following that a lot of people will listen to it. It does. It does. I, I've had bigger people, like more well-known people on my podcast and I publish those, those videos and it does better. Because like you people see that people person who have to contradict you, like, you know, oh, this is what you think. And this is, you're wrong. It's not the, and then you find out that you were right, you know, to begin with. Well, one thing that I've been learning about marketing and just being in the, in the last couple of years is like, the only thing that matters is there's so much advice, but it kind of doesn't matter in a way. Like, unless that person is at like the same place as you, the right. same, like the same customer as you, the same, everything as you, because it's going to have some different context. And that, that little difference in context could make all the difference in terms of whether it's good advice or not. Yeah. And I love when people say, you, oh, we should post at like 8 a.m. What time zone are we talking about? I know, you know? I know. I mean, I'm on the West Coast. I know people on the East Coast. There's people in other countries that it's like nine, they're nine hours ahead. So who's eight o'clock? So that's, <laughs> you know, when you have advice like that is when you know it's sort of bogus. You could just get bombarded with so many like little best practices. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. It's just like the consistency, like the people that probably are consistent and do look at the metrics for themselves and do a little bit of testing around that and have the patience to kind of look at all that. Because I think if you just look at one thing on any given day, like people come up with these wild like assumptions about things. And it's like, I think you would probably have to be posting for quite a while and doing these pretty specific tests in order to really say something that's specific. And then it's, again, it's still going to be specific to you. And if you're creating good content or you're educational or entertaining and all those different things are going to play a factor because if you're super dry, then you're going to have to produce something a little bit like maybe the information has to be more rich or something like there's all these just different little factors that, that play into it. Yeah. And I've seen people who have a huge following and they have a lot of comments on every post. They can post a single sentence and have right. a thousand comments. Right. I can't do that. I mean, I've tried like short ones, you know, short posts and 
I think kind of in the middle of the road, like my long posts, as long as they're entertaining and as a copywriter, I always try to make them, you know, as entertaining as, as I can. I don't see a huge difference between the super short ones and the long ones, except if they're too short, right? There's just not enough space for me to really get my point across. And I don't have that kind of following where people are just, it's like if Apple announces, hey, we have a new iPhone, people wait outside. They don't even know what it is. They're just going right. to wait because- yeah. They know it's Apple and they know they're going to love it, you know? It's funny too, because like the people that put those little one sentence things, yeah, like they might have a large following. And what's interesting is like now their advice is going to be, it's, it might not apply to you either, right? Like we might not be able to get away with those one line things. Like we are, you and me might be able to, but it would probably be because something about that sentence is like clever mm. and somehow strikes a nerve with somebody. And it's real, real or real contextual, real, like really in the moment or something like that. But it's not just because it's me. And I just, every time I throw something out there, it just like explodes. People just flock to you. And the funny thing is years and years ago, I used to ghostwrite for a, uh, a very well-known talk show host, and no one oh, knew cool. that it was me. And because she had this huge following, it was, it was a you know national television program. It, it would kill me to, to see like all the comments and, oh, this is the greatest advice. And yet at the same time, I was running my own business and I was not getting any sort of uh, traction yeah. like that because they thought it was her. That just shows, you know, the impact of having that kind of celebrity image and how people will just listen to you. Yeah. It seems like at a certain point, as you kind of develop a following, there seems to be a certain point like where it, it has its own momentum and traction. Maybe the algorithms know what that is and they've made the determination where if you, if you're consistently getting this and they'll continue to push it out. And then that in itself has its own momentum to just push through the quality. Maybe it's just now you're the personality and people just like you or they hate you and you get both of it, which is <laughs> I think part of, you know, part of all of this as well. But yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, there are some times where I'd like, like all of this is also kind of a little bit annoying. We're all competing for attention. We're all creating all this content, kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation. It, it does beg the question sometimes, it's like, where does this end? Like, where is this going? And, and so on that note, actually, I think the best antidote, like when you're feeling like that, is to fall back to, can I help one person today? Yeah. Can I make impact with one person? Like, especially on TikTok, I, I get a little, I, I think too much about the likes or the views or the comments. I think that's natural for most of us. And the way I get out of that is like, you know what, I'm just, if I can just make an impact on one person today, that's, that's what it's really all about. Yeah, I think about that too. Or it's kind of the ripple effect. You know, if you help one person and then you make their life a little better and they pass that on. I mean, that's, I, I kind of, try to do the same thing. But when, when you talk about TikTok, you mentioned that you take some of your podcast clips, like, do you take the same clips and you just put them on TikTok? Do you do anything different to them as far as the entertainment value or anything? Before you I mean, they're, they're usually a little bit shorter. I do make them vertical, right? And then I add like captions that are kind of a little, little bit more in line with that platform. They don't all do well, like, but at the same time, I've had some do very well. And I think it just, it like with TikTok in particular, it comes down to like, are you starting that clip at the right spot? Have you kind of removed all of the the little bits of silence? Because on TikTok, that, that's kind of like a death blow. Unless, yeah. unless somebody knows you really well. And like, again, like you're popular. Like if, if, if Joe Rogan jumps on TikTok, he can just post his, you know, the square clips 
and people know him, so they'll just watch it. And if there's space or it's too long, they'll watch it anyway. But right. on TikTok, yeah, you got to cut out all of the, you know, the silence and make things move quickly. So like sometimes my clips are jumping around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I do try to make sure that it's in that format and like there's things going on to keep people's attention. And you think it's definitely worth it for B2B to be on TikTok? Because I know there's a lot of debate about it. I mean, to me, like, it just seems like if if people are going there to get entertained, the, the question to me, it just doesn't seem relevant. It's just like, the way I look at TikTok is it's like, it's a consumption platform. So people are just like, before they go to bed, they're just going there, right? It's like people like you and me and old people and young people, and it's only growing. Like, why not? Like, why? I, I guess I would ask people is like, why wouldn't it be good for B2B? I mean, I, I've had tons of customers come from there and they all basically, I mean, a good portion of them were like, yeah, I was just flipping through, flipping through the videos before I went to bed and I saw yours come up. It was about business. I wanted to do that. So I booked a call with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't started yet, but you know, it's just, it's the time thing and how yeah. much, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to do it, and I mean, is it worth it to do? Cause I know TikTok, they say you need to post every day. Do you post every day something? I do post yeah, something every day, but I also have like a backlog of clips that I've kind of built out. So if I get tired one day, I can just post one of those. You definitely don't want to stress yourself out. Like again, like if, if things are going well, I, I do think that there's an element of like actually trying to perform there and then also just trying to learn some skills. I think video is still going to continue to be more and more important. So even if you're not like, intending to grow there, like getting comfortable on camera, learning, learning how the app works, it's pretty creative. You can do, it's basically like a little video editor in a box and uh-huh. you can just kind of trim up your video pretty quickly. And then you're also just seeing what, what's happening. Like you're consuming a little bit of that content as well. And I think that that could give you some creative sparks. It's just, I, I think it's good to go into it with an intention, right? Like um, if you don't have the time and you feel like it's going to distract you from the things that are working for you, then I probably wouldn't go on there. But if you were like, hey, I need to see what's going on there. I want to make a couple of videos. I want to learn how to get a little bit better on video. And I'd also like to see what people are producing there. So I just kind of understand mm-hmm. Then it's probably, it's worth your time. Yeah. It looks like it would be fun. I mean, I'll probably do it eventually. It's just, I, just, I don't have the time right now, but it's not that I don't have the time. I don't want to make the time around everything else, you know, because there's always yeah. time and you really want to do something, but do you have like a system that you could share that, or something simple that takes like two to three hours a week? Is that possible? The, I mean, that would, would be for a whole week of content or, or even longer than that. Yeah. So if you're repurposing stuff that, I mean, you can just take your podcast and use a tool like Descript. I don't know what you use to, to, to edit your podcast, but... I have somebody that does it, but I have heard of Descript, so... I mean, that that's a pretty easy tool to go identify clips and you can reformat them and use the captions. You can do the whole thing there. So you could probably pull seven clips from your podcast, especially because like the clips are going to be smaller. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're saying something insightful and, and the person is able to identify them, then you could start taking that content and putting it there. Now, is it going to perform like the way you want? You know, maybe, maybe not. You're going to have to test that out and kind of explore. And, but if you wanted to do the individual videos, just like LinkedIn content, I think you would want to just create a simple system, whether it's in Notion or whatever you do, put your ideas into a system and then set a time to review those ideas, decide what you're going to record and then, and then record them. The thing with TikTok that's kind of like hard for people, I think, is that the videos can be very short. Mm-hmm. 
But most people want to explain very long ideas and very long, like complex things like copywriting, for instance, you could be very general and explain how to do like a whole sales letter. Or you could just say, here's how you could improve. Like, I'll give you an example. Like you could come up with a system to audit sales pages. Mm-hmm. So you could just like every, every week you could audit seven sales pages. You could just go, you could go to the headline. You could say, here's how they could have made this he- headline better. That could literally be a 15 second video. It would probably do pretty well because it's yeah. just like a very specific example, right? So it's, it's very tangible. If, if you were to try to make a video about the whole sales letter, it might actually kind of perform worse because it's like going like to, in order to really do a good job, like you'd have to analyze it quite a bit. But if yeah. you just like pulled out little things or like analyzed an email mm-hmm. and kind of just made this ongoing, like your channel was all it was, was like audits of sales letters and emails and subject lines and headlines and openers and calls to action. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great idea. Like you could just, and all the videos are like 10 to 20 seconds long. Yeah. Cause that is the, cause I know people don't, you know, they don't want to spend a lot of time on there and, and they, they want to get right to the point. I follow some artists on artsy. I haven't done any drawing in a long time, but you can see behind me. I'm just, oh, yeah, I, I didn't nice. do these actually uh, that one I did. I colored. That's that. cool. Oh, the, the one with the guitar. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, it was, it's all done with like pen, you know, and, and I, I'm very artistic that way, but I follow some artists and they'll do like, here's my warm up drawing. And they take a piece of charcoal and mm. miraculously create like a face out of a bunch of smudges. And I'm just fascinated by that. You know, and so I see that. Yeah. And I think sometimes that kind of content, those people have a different leeway because it's creative and like, you can watch them do it. And I think, you know, like if, if it's how to information, then, you know, like it's just a different kind of thing, right? If you make people laugh or like inspire them or, you know, show something creative that has a certain leeway with the videos and how they perform. And then if, if, it, if you're just giving tactical advice about business and stuff, then, then that's a different story and has to kind of jive together. So it's almost like you have to find your niche within TikTok, like within a niche within your own niche, like, you know, headlines or something. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just gave you one example. So it's not, I, I, your channel doesn't have to just only be about headlines or, or subject lines, but it would make it very specific. And every time somebody saw you, they would kind of know, and it would, it would reinforce the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the, on the flip side, like people also want to know who you are and like talk about your journey a little bit, like how did you get where you want to be? And so you kind of mix these things together. Yeah. yeah it's like, I, I hate to just say that there's a formula to it because it seems like there's every once in a while, there's somebody that has no formula and they do the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've thought about this from time to time when I've like coached people on content because like I have my own style, like it's usually more direct to the point, whereas other people aren't and other people don't do this and that. And so as, as somebody that coaches people through those things, it's like you want to give them advice and help them articulate themselves well, but you also want to allow them to be them and encourage them to experiment and be themselves. But at the same time, you know, introduce them to these different things and make sure they know certain things. And so it's, it's an interesting challenge to like help someone be creative without stifling them, but also helping them get their message. across. I'm sure you know about this too, because you're writing for people and like, you need to communicate something to the buyer, right? but you also want to, you don't want to lose the, the personality of the, 
of the person that's talking. So it's interesting, like how to navigate that a little bit. It is definitely a balance, especially B2B. A lot of companies are afraid of, you know, having a, a tone or a voice that's not them, or they don't know what their tone and voice is, especially when it comes to like a SaaS company, they tend to be very just features oriented. And it, mm-hmm. there's no, you can't even sense a person behind that brand. And the ones right. that do have that brand, you know, that personality tend to do better and are, are better known. Yeah, exactly. And I always get confused a little bit too with B2B because it's it seems like such a big category. Like there's really huge enterprise B2B and then there's like, I mean, me and you are business to business as well. And so if we work together, we're kind of B2B. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Like I, I think nowadays people just want to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And so like with, the, with like a SaaS company, and I, I actually had a client who, who works with SaaS companies and kind of helps them develop like a whole like whole narrative that everyone can kind of fit into and it kind of creates a voice mm-hmm. that, that gives everyone a chance to kind of like buy into something. I think that does kind of like it makes a big difference. It brings personality to it. And maybe you also know like a couple of the faces behind it. Right. Like you see some companies on LinkedIn that are doing that. Yeah. And yeah. and it makes a big difference. Like you you get to know the person and then you're like, oh, they work there. I think more and more like that stuff is happening. Like where like all these individual contributors actually build the company brand much faster. And then if the whole company has a narrative around that, why not have, if it's a, if, if the culture in the company is kind of like, we're all jokesters, mm-hmm. then maybe the copy can be a little bit more jokey. I don't know. Like, right. I mean, why not? Yeah. You think of like dollar shave club. I mean, I yeah. think they were bought out by Gillette or something, but they, you know, I mean, he, he made millions on that, that YouTube video it was a commercial and it was hilarious and people would just go on it just to watch. And there's some other brands that are doing that now too. And mm-hmm. you remember it. Yeah. I posted something the other day about, you know, what's more important an image or the text within an ad. And mm. it's really, you know, they go hand in hand. You really can't separate. You can't just have a picture of something and expect people to buy your product because right. Photo. Then the copy surrounding it is what makes the difference. But I had a couple of people push back and they go, oh, people remember the image. And I said, but they remember it, but is it converting? You know, you, you, how many times do you see a commercial or somebody's talking about a commercial? Oh, did you see that funny commercial with the horse and the dog and whatever? And who was it? I don't remember. Right. So that, what does that do for the brand? Not really. I mean, they were entertaining, but they didn't bring people into their product. Yeah. And probably a lot of the content on LinkedIn, it happens the same way. Like you just keep seeing the same person, you read it, you, they're like, man, you, you, I, I love the way you write, or I love your videos, but you don't know what they do. And, and the messages are important. Like it was just a big insight for me as I was having all these sales calls. Cause like, we all like, like we all want to grow our business. Everyone wants that. Right. So if, but if your tagline is just like, we'll help you grow your business or will help you become like a thought leader or the expert in your field. Like everyone says that. Right. Right. And it wasn't until I kind of just like, was like really just asking people what, what was going on. And it was like a lot of the pain points were really just like, I don't have a lot of time and I don't have a process. And, and, and here, I guess, and, and how I arrived at that, I think this is actually kind of an interesting story of how, how content can help you find your customer's true pain points. Right. So I help people, you know, get on camera, repurpose content, distribute content, kind of build those systems. And I would talk about those different things, but it wasn't until like I started just like taking screenshots of the technology that I had built out to help facilitate this. It really helped people see that I was different 
they were like, oh, wow, he's really built a whole system around this. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is when they get on the call with me, it's not like they wanted my, like they didn't necessarily want me to come in and install like all that stuff. But that was, th- they were just like, oh, like you showed me that there is, there could be a process to this. Like I see other people saying that they can do TikTok videos or do these things, but you showed me that there's like, like you, you have a real process for this. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I, they also were also telling me that like, like their time is limited. And I was just like, oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then like other customers of mine, and I made another post about this as well, but it was like, like when they're, when they're, when they don't have a business yet, they're just overwhelmed with all the things like we were talking about earlier. They're just overwhelmed with all the feedback that's coming at them. Like you should be doing this. You should be on TikTok. You should be on LinkedIn. No, actually you should be on Instagram reels. That's where all the action is. Right. And so it's just kind of fascinating that like every, all of those people want to grow their business, but the way you cut through the noise is knowing exactly the thing that is keeping them from doing that as opposed to just saying the words like, Hey, I'll help you get clients. Cause everyone is saying that. Right. I'll help you become like an expert in your, in your space. Everyone says that your thought leadership, right? Right. That's just, just going to my course. And, and I'll, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's going to go over people's heads. Cause they're just hearing that from everyone. Like why, what I, what makes you different really? Yeah. I did a post once on how I, I got into debt to the tune of $42,000 from paying course creators on exactly what you're saying. I'll teach you how to be a thought leader. And at the time I didn't realize like now my specialty within copywriting is helping companies find their value proposition because a lot of people don't have that. They don't have that. What makes them different, you know, from everybody else. Yeah. If you don't know that you're just going to blend. Yeah. And it's, it's quite, it's a fascinating process to figure that out because your perspective is just off. Like there was another post this morning that I thought was a pretty interesting one. They, you know, they were saying that they're a CMO or a fractional CMO, like a, and I've heard several people that have done that have done well. So like, I don't want to say that you shouldn't do that, but I've always kind of wondered, it's like, that's like a corporate title. It doesn't really say anything about you or what you do. And you might've gotten business one way or the other from having that, but there's probably something deeper that these people are actually looking for. Like right. there's a, there, there, there's something that's bothering them. They feel like something should be happening or they've hired a bunch of different people and it never worked out. Like what is actually like keeping them up? Right. And it could just be a, like a process because people just like, people want to go faster. And so it's just, it's just quite fascinating. And um, I, the only way you, I think the only way you can actually figure it out is like, if you're talking to them. Exactly. That's what, you know, the big push is with, you know, the research that I do and you see it all the time on LinkedIn is that you need to talk to your customers. And I don't think it's a hard thing to do, but I think it is hard to get people to sit down with you, especially when, you know, what's in it for them if they're a customer. I mean, unless they're super excited about, you know, the results they got, which they should be if they, you know, are happy with you and they'd be happy to, to sit down. But it, it takes time to, to do those interviews and, but it's the best information. Whenever I talk to people, uh, so many times during a conversation, I will mentally make a note that this, this is going to end up on a landing page because it's so good, like what they're saying right now. And that's when you get, you know, those sorts of quotes and you really dig into what the specifics are to why they chose your product or why they might choose your product. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then also just like finding ways of casually talking to people. 
you know, and, and kind of just asking why and going deeper. And, and, and when they say something, having the, the will to keep going deeper, mm-hmm. right? Cause like sometimes, and like, this was like, I started learning this on podcasts as well. Like when I was doing them more often, when I was doing the interviewing, it's like, you can ask them a question and they'll, they'll answer on a very surface level. And it's very easy to be like, oh, okay. And then move on as opposed to just being in the moment and being like, okay, like how can we go deeper on this? Like what, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, you know, people get uncomfortable. They don't want to press it, but uh, I think learning how to do that in a way that doesn't make someone like feel like you're prying or being rude or something is, is a kind of a skill that it's good for people to develop. Yeah. I had posted once about asking the question, why? So why is that? Why is and somebody had said, well, people get defensive about why oh, yeah. you, can, you don't have to say the word why, but you can say, right. you know, how did that happen or just word right. it in a way that they don't get defensive about? Right. It. Yeah, exactly. Like, or, or you just say, what made you do that? As opposed to why did you do that? Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Because the what's put people or the, the why questions put people on defense. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, it becomes this big, like, why did you do that? You know, it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> right away. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it well, feels, this, you, you feel judged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate all the, the great advice and tips that you've provided. Is there anything else you wanted to add that I didn't ask you? No, I mean, I think we covered a lot of great stuff. I, I, yeah. I appreciate you having me on. This is uh, this has been a fun dialogue. Yeah. And where can people find you? Where's the best place? Yeah, probably. I mean, one of the easiest places to get a hold of me is on, is on LinkedIn, just because it, it's like easy to connect and and chat. So if you go to LinkedIn, Stephen with a P-H-G-P-O-P-E. I'm also. You can also go to sgplabs.com, and if you're if you're interested in chatting about you know growing your business with content, you can always book a call there. And I'm on on TikTok and YouTube as well. So if you go to Google and you type Stephen G Pope, a bunch of different platforms will pop up, and you can. You great. Can so select your poison. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate your time today. It's been great. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.